Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. Please open your Bible with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 40. I'm going to read from verse 28 to 31. Isaiah chapter 40 from verse 28 to 31. Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth fainted not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with the wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall work and not faint. Praise the Lord. Now all of us know that this month is obviously our middle of the year prayer and fasting, and we are right in the middle of that. And the theme for this month is renewing our strength. Today, by the grace of God, the title for our message today will be Waiting Upon the Lord. This message today comes with a warning. Part of this message today will be very uncomfortable. Oftentimes throughout history, Christianity and Christians have been endangered species. Christianity have always faced one persecution or another. But in this last day, the intensity is again on the rise. All sorts of afflictions, persecutions, tribulations, and even killings. And all because of our faith. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 24, verses 8 to 10. Matthew chapter 24, verse 8 to 10. And the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, the Lord Jesus was talking about the signs of the end time. But I'm just going to read a section from verse 8. And he said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Verse 9, he said, Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. The, Bible, the Lord Jesus said in the end of the days, in the end time, in the last days, the Bible says that you shall be, they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you. And we are seeing that happening in our days, affliction, persecutions, and we are seeing a lot of killings of Christians, not because they've done anything wrong. The Bible says, the Lord Jesus said, for my name's sake that our crime and the crime of our brothers and sisters that have been killed all across the world today is simply because they were Christians. You know, the Lord Jesus said here, he said, and many will be offended. And this is the reason why I believe that the Lord is bringing this message today. Because things happen around us sometimes that people can get offended. That word offended means many will stumble, many will fall, many will apostatize because they look at what is happening around them. The Lord Jesus said, this thing will happen. 
And he said, many will be offended. He even said that, he said, and many will be offended and shall betray one another. In other words, some people will do things just because they want to secure their own safety. And he said, and shall hate one another. Listen to me, hatred for Christianity will come to a height where that hatred will overcome all other natural endearment. You'll be surprised that people that you think are your friends, even the people that you call families, they will manifest such hatred for Christians in the time that we live, that they will be ready to kill, to maim other people simply because they are Christian. And some of this hatred will be purely demonic. But the Lord Jesus said these things will happen. But I want us to know that this thing is already happening. Remember what I said when I started this teaching, a part of this is uncomfortable, but it is the reality of where we live. I'm going to give you some statistics. I got this statistic from the open doors, another statistic from somewhere else. They said an increasing number of believers are being killed. Now remember, listen to me, the, the challenges that we face, now this is the ultimate sacrifice that people are given for their faith. But people have been persecuted, people have been afflicted. There are all sorts of challenges that are facing us as Christians. But I want to talk about this one thing, particularly because of what has been happening in Nigeria in the last couple of weeks and months. There's a statistic that I read that in 2021, please listen to this, in 2021, at least 5,000 898 Christians are reported to have paid the ultimate cost for following Jesus, losing their life all across the world. Just a little bit under 6,000 of our brothers and sisters have been killed just because they are Christians. This was an increase of almost 25% from previous year. That means about 16 Christians were killed every day in 2021. Think about it. That, that means in 2021, about 16 Christians were killed for their faith every single day. They then went on to say, since many incidents go unreported, the true figure is likely to be much higher. Almost 80% of these came from Nigeria almost 80%. Obviously, we know the recent killing of dozens of worshippers in the Catholic Church in, in Ondo State. We know of that girl that was stoned to death and burnt in Shokoto just because they said that she wrote something on social media that blasphemed against Muhammad. These are the latest things that are fresh in our mind. According to a data collected by a group called the Hamd conflict location and event data project. There have already been, listen to this, 23 separate attacks on churches in Nigeria so far this year. So far this year, we have not even completed six months of the year. 23 separate attacks so far this year. For the whole of 2021, there were 31. For the whole of 2020, there were 18. But so far this year, there are already 23. 
And there's various reasons why these attacks happen from Boko Haram, Islamic State, uh, Fulani militants, and all those things. But what I'm saying is that people are facing persecution, people are facing affliction because of their faith. Now, the reason why I brought all this, remember what we are talking about today by the grace of God is talking about waiting upon the Lord. You know, one spokesman from Christian Association of Nigeria said that this situation is becoming hopeless situation and reprehensible. He said this situation is becoming hopeless and reprehensible. And I said it is definitely reprehensible. It is deplorable. It is unacceptable. It is disgraceful. It is offensive, it is indefensible, it is scandalous. Yes, this situation is, but there is hope. It is not hopeless. And it cannot be hopeless. Remember what the Lord Jesus said. He said, and many people will be offended. Today, my message is that of hope. I've not come to bring a message of dejection, but this is the reality. That Isaiah chapter 40 that we read, Verse 30, he said, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. You know, the thing is that when you look at some of these things that happen around us, and let's bring it home, even the day-to-day -day challenges that we all face because we are Christians, the Bible says that a lot of those things can make us faint and become weary. And he said, young men shall utterly fall. Now, the situation around us divine, defy conventional wisdom. It defies conventional ex, you know, explanation. You know, the word there is very important. He said, even the youth shall faint and be weary. I mean, we know that youth, they are symbol of strength, isn't it? Youth are symbol of vigor. But the Bible says that a situ the situation will come to a stage that even our strength, our human strength, cannot deal with this. Our human understanding cannot deal with it. And I want us to know that the world is coming to a point now that our leaders, they have no answers to it. And you know that place when they say young men, they, it's, a, it's a figure of expertise. It's a figure of training. It's a figure of people that were chosen, people that were selected, they have skilled. But the Bible says even they that they shall be baffled by what is going on. Even they shall be frustrated by what is going on. The Bible says, even they shall utterly fall. The Bible says, actually the word there is that they will be exhausted. They will be worn out. They will be worn down. They will be paralyzed with fatigue. The Bible says, because of the things that is happening. The Lord Jesus said, the heart of men will fail them for the things that is coming upon the face of the earth. That's what the Bible says. But thank God that that verse didn't stop there. It said, but they that wait upon the Lord. It is they that wait upon the Lord that will exchange their strength. Because we need to understand that so much of life is outside our control. We don't have to be hyper-faith, hyper-charismatic. The truth is that there's a lot that happens. I mean, I was just thinking about those children that their parents send them to school in America. One stupid guy just went there and gunned them down. 
I mean, that morning when they were going to school, the parents didn't know they were going to lose so many children. The something people that were killing on those days, they went to church. They didn't go to a riot. They, they were not in a war front. And you know a whole lot of this used to take place in the Muslim country in, this, in the northern state of Nigeria. Now it's spilling over. Well, we have three ways we could deal with this. People usually block these type of things out of their mind. We don't, don't want to deal with it. Or some people are so afraid about some of these things, their hearts started failing them. But the Bible says that we are not going to shy away from reality, but there's something that we know that we have a God who said, even though you pass through the valley of shadow of death, I will be with you. Yes, so much of life may be out of our control. Yes, so much, even our personal deep need, a lot of that, but the Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord. We are living in a time now where it is even more essential for you and I to live our life, to seek the face of the Lord and to wait upon Him. You know, in the Sunday school today, and I totally agree, when we're talking about praying, now, I don't always have a ton of time in the morning to, to pray, but it has come to a point that you cannot step out of your house in the morning without praying. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not talking about one hour prayers. It has come to a point now that you must not get out of your house without praying, covering yourself with the blood of Jesus. Not, not out of fear. No, 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 no. But because of the time in which we live. And because of the fact that we know that our deliverance depends on him. Psalm 27 verses 13 and 14. Psalm 27 verses 13 and 14. The psalmist said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Listen to me. This is a message of encouragement. But our hope is in the name of the Lord. We are living in a time now when you cannot even depend upon the police to secure you. We thank God for that which the government provides. But the psalmist says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. What I'm saying here is that our, our title today, the, the call to wait upon the Lord is essential. It's non-negotiable. He said, I will have fainted unless, if not that, except why it not be that I have a father, why it not be that I can wait upon the Lord. Thank God that we have a father, we have a God that we can wait upon. Remember, the Bible didn't say that we are not going to face challenge, but the Bible says, even though we pass through the fire, it will be there. Even though we pass through the waters, he will be there. Let's go back to that Isaiah chapter 40 that I've read. And what was the context of this verse? Remember, he said that, he said those things, but verse 20, 31 says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as the eagle. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. What was the context of this Bible verse, and what is the meaning 
of the word waiting upon the Lord. Let me, let me, let me talk about the meaning first. You know, the word render wait upon here denotes to wait in the sense of waiting in expectation. So when the Bible says the people that wait upon the Lord, it's like we've, we've had this illustration before. It's like if you go to a restaurant and the waiter wait on you. They are waiting on you with expectation. They are waiting on you for you to give them your order. So when the Bible says the people that wait upon the Lord, it is this sense that we are waiting upon the Lord with expectation. To wait upon the Lord is to wait for his help, to trust him, to put our confidence and our hope in him. Now we are not ignoring what is happening around us, but we, our hope is in the name of the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord. So Isaiah chapter 40 was really, really referring to those who are suffering a long and grievous captivity in Babylon. This portion of the scripture was written to people that were in exile. They were suffering a lot of affliction. They were in captivity. There was no prospect of deliverance to them. And that is why Isaiah wrote them and said, even the youth shall be weary and they will faint. Even the young men shall utterly fall, they will be exhausted. And the same thing is happening in our world today. This, our situation where we have so many weakness and feebleness and helplessness around us. But the Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord. Why do we wait upon the Lord? We wait upon Yahweh because of who God is. You see, when you start reading from the chapter from the beginning, the context of this word is to say, this is who your God is. That is the context. That the problem is that the situation that we find ourselves can so blind us that we cannot see the glory of God. We cannot see the power of God. But when you begin to read from this Isaiah from uh, chapter 40 from verse 12, he said, who has measured the water in the hollow of his hand? Who has measured the heaven with his span and calculated his dust? In other words, he's telling us this is how great your God is. That God is the creator, is the one that wash, that, 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 can, that, that can measure the water in his hand, the Bible says. Is the one that holds the hill in balance. When you drop down to verse 15, he said, Behold, the nation are as a drop in a bucket before him, that God counted them as small dust. This is your God. Is the one that said in the beginning, the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was the one that spoke this universe into being. This is your God that we are waiting upon. This is what Isaiah was telling the people. And then I'm not going to go through all this because of our time. So when you read down from Isaiah chapter 12 all the way down, he's telling you the reality of God, the power of God, the, 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 the wisdom of God, the grace of God. And that is the one thing. When we wait upon the Lord, people of God, when we wait upon the Lord, one of the things we do is to remind ourselves of the presence of God, of the power of God, of the nature of God, of the character of God. As we wait upon him. And this is one of the things we do. You see, this is one of the things we do when we pray and fast. And we're going to do that in the next few minutes where we wait upon the Lord in fasting. Where we wait upon the Lord in prayers. Yes. Even though I pass through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil. A thousand may fall by my side. Ten thousand by my right hand, the Bible says, but they won't move near me. 
We are waiting upon the Lord because of who God is. This is the God. Isaiah was telling the people, what Isaiah was telling the people is that, yes, you are, you are in captivity. Yes, you are going through this affliction, but this is your God. This is the God on whom we must wait. We wait on him because he is God. And we realize that without him, we are a place. And, and people of God, this, we, we need to understand this. We need to understand that without God, we can do nothing. But we can do all things through him who strengthens us. And this will drive us to wait upon him. We wait upon the Lord because our power and our help come from him. The strength and the power that we need to live in the face of persecution and affliction and to overcome comes from the Lord. And listen to me, I know I started with the big thing about being killed, but most all of us are facing one challenge or the other that we could have done differently if we are not Christians we could have cut corners we could have schemed we could have done it another way but we are going through some experiences because we are Christians but the Bible says that we should wait upon the Lord why are we waiting upon him because our help come from him our power come from him the strength and the power that we need to face and to overcome come from him I'll read that Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 again, because I want to go to the second part. He said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as the eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. You know that word where I say they shall mount up with wings like the eagle. In the original, what he's saying is that they shall lift up their wings like the eagle. So let's take an example from the eagle and then we will round up. We are told that an eagle can rises up to great height. We are told that depending on the species of eagle, they can reach a height of between 10,000 and 20,000 feet above sea level. The eagle can soar. And you know, the eagle, and, and God wants us to be like this, that God wants us to soar so that we can look at things in perspective. The eagle can see things in perspective. Obviously, that gives the eagle an advantage with respect to catching his prey. But do you know that the eagle does not rise to that height in her own strength? Do you, do you know that? That actually what the eagle does is that the eagle actually spread the wind and allow, spread a wing and allow the wind to do what? To carry it. An eagle rises to a great height because she maximizes the power of the air. She soar on unseen currents. The eagle learns how to soar on the, on the wind. Now, the wind here can be the Holy Spirit, but the wind also actually can be the situation that is happening around us. Do you know that the wind is actually greater towards where there is an obstacle? If an eagle wants to swear above a mountain, actually, there is enough, there is no turbulence. Because of the obstacle, there is no turbulence around the mountain to actually carry the eagle. And that's one of the things that I saw that most of the challenges that we face, there is enough wind in those challenges. If we can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit 
to help us to soar like the eagle. So we need to understand that our dependence of the, on the Lord is our greatest strength. And this is my message today. That you and I, our dependence on the Lord is our greatest strength. And that is exactly what the eagle does. The, the eagle spreading her wing and allowing the wind to carry it to a height is like you and I waiting upon the Lord and allowing the wind of the Spirit of God within the situation in which we find ourselves, allow that wind to lift us up above the situation where we renew our strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So let's round up. What does it mean to wait upon the Lord? To wait upon the Lord is not a state of inactivity. Because oftentimes when we say we want to wait, people think that waiting means that you are just waiting. No. Waiting upon the Lord means that your focus is upon the Lord. Waiting upon the Lord is, is not actually talking about the, 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 the fact that you are inactive. It's talking about your posture. That you are looking upon the Lord. My help is in fact, maybe we should read that. Psalm 121 says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hill from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and us. It's not being inactive. It's knowing that no matter what I'm facing, no matter what is facing me, I trust in the Lord with all my heart and I lean not upon my own understanding. In all my ways, I acknowledge him and he will direct my steps. Psalm 61 from verse 1 says, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayers. From the end of the earth will I cry unto you. When my heart is overwhelmed, what did he say? Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. To the rock that is higher than I. You and I must learn how to wait upon the Lord. We wait upon him in his word as we learn who God is. We wait upon him in prayer and fasting to know him, to know his will. I don't have time. I was going to take you to Philippians chapter three, where Paul said, I forget everything. I press on. Waiting upon the Lord is actually living every day of our life in the light of eternity. It's living, facing every situation in the light of who God is. Waiting upon the Lord is actually trusting God in every situation. Waiting upon the Lord is living, deciding to live a life that will glorify him no matter what it costs. Daniel said, the people that know their God, they will be strong and they will do exploit. Waiting upon the Lord is something we do at a set time, but it's also something we do as a lifestyle. It's something we have to learn how to do, to wait upon him. Remember what I said, waiting upon him can be measured by time, but it's often measured by attitude of our heart. Let's stand up on our feet. We will pray.
they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I will say this again. The heart of this message is for me to understand that my dependence upon the Lord is my greatest strength. And when I begin to wait upon the Lord, I'll begin to see my life in perspective. I'll begin to see the situation around me in perspective. Even the challenges that I face, I'll begin to see them in perspective. And I'll be able to give thanks to the Lord in all things. I will wait upon him. I will wait upon the Lord. I want us to just pray one prayer. Just say, Lord, I don't know where you are. God has not called any one of us, at least not at the moment, to give our life for him. Maybe you are passing through some situation that is causing issue with respect to your faith. Making you ask questions, but where is God? Why? The why question. Why me? Maybe you want to pray this afternoon and say, when my heart is overwhelmed, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than high. Maybe it's time for you and I to spread our wing, to catch the current of the wind, to let the word of God lift us, to let the spirit of the Lord fill us, to let the word of God encourage us, to let the word of God even correct us, equip us, strengthen us, so that we will overcome. So that in it all, we will be able to rejoice and praise our God no matter what. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.